on here? Is this thing on? I guess it is. Well, amen. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm excited to be here. And, uh, well, I'll tell you what, it's big time for me. It's like, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, the preacher was talking about the uh, Facebook. We got this thing. We just got the telephone book, you know. <laughs> so we, got, we don't even have the Facebook. <laughs> but uh, we use telephone book, you know. I don't even know how to use that Facebook thing. But uh, anyway, it is a blessing to be here tonight. I appreciate you all coming out. And uh, just I want to give you a quick testimony about this little bit of my testimony. Um, I'll be 50 years old. Monday, July 23rd, I'll hit the big 5-0, and uh, boy, I tell you what, did I ever think that I would make it to 50? No, I didn't think I'd ever make it to 50, but, but um, uh, God has blessed me, and uh, 24 years old, I got saved, and uh, God uh, uh, was kind enough to save me at 24 years old at my girlfriend's house, then my wife now of... Uh, 27 years, 28, somewhere in there. I, she's not here tonight, but it's somewhere in there. And uh, her daddy was a um, her daddy was a deacon in the church at the time. And well, uh, I was just a drunk. I was just a wild kid, boy. <clears throat> 24 years old when I got saved, and uh, never never thought about turning my life around for the Lord when I got saved because. I didn't have somebody like a lot of you probably have taken you underneath their wing, their little, uh, you know, they're underneath their arm at one time and showing them a little bit about what you're supposed to do when you get saved. You know, I, could, I knew there was something different about me. Don't get me wrong. And I tell people this. I was a drunk. He took the, he turned the water into wine over there in the Bible, but my life, he turned the, the wine back into water. It never tastes the same after that. It never was the same, and it never will be if you're truly saved, born again. And I was truly saved, born again. And uh, But um, anyway, uh, God uh, uh, found fit to uh, just uh, see fit to... Um, uh, ten years later, I got... It was ten years later when I got baptized... Ten years later, I got saved. And ten years later, I got baptized. And you know what's funny about this? We just celebrated our ten-year anniversary at our church. We celebrated our ten-year anniversary at our church. Uh, Brother Oliver Arasia come down. He preached for us. And there was a woman there that she is probably 80 years old. And she come forward for baptism. She come forward and uh, she wanted to get uh, she wanted to get baptized and uh, she had never been saved uh, she had never been baptized she'd been saved but never had been baptized and uh, I said wow that's awesome but uh, and uh, we had a great time we had um, I think there's about sixty people come out and uh, we had uh, we had an all day an all day thing uh, singing eating preaching and it was just a great turnout so um, we are back in the hills. But uh, uh, 24 years old, I got saved. Ten years later, I got baptized. And then is when my spiritual growth took off. I remember surrendering my life to God on an altar at Mission Baptist Temple. Um, 1986 is when I got saved. 1996 is when I got baptized with my two boys. One of them's here tonight. And uh, we got baptized all together and uh, <laughs> surrendered my life to um, God on an, old, on an altar at Mission Baptist Temple. And it's never been the same. And I met this fellow um, over there. His name is Brother Dave Herman. He's a preacher now. And he's here tonight. He's been uh, just a real encouragement to me, a friend. <clears throat> and uh, really, um, we... Uh, we was there for several years at mission. Then we, uh, God didn't, uh, uh, just didn't seem like God. We, we had this uh, little church in, 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 in uh, Sherman, West Virginia, Welldale Baptist Church, that I never dreamed of being there preaching the pastor or anything, but God called me to preach. And uh, that was at a, uh, I was at a men's conference in, uh, in um, Mansfield, Ohio. And I knew right then that um, uh, Brother Clarence Sexton was preaching there at that. He was preaching about starting churches and doing this and doing that. And right then, God just gave me the desire to, 
That was it. He said, you're the one going to go start that little church and do that. And we moved from mission here. And one year later to the day when we was here, God opened the doors of that church. And we've been open 10 years. And, uh, boy, I'll tell you what, it has been, it's been unbelievable. It has really been unbelievable to come back. Um, a lot of new faces here at this church when we, when we was going here, you know, um, just a lot of new faces. And what an encouragement, you know, really, what an encouragement to come back to your home church and just feel the welcome that you get here when you come through these doors. It's tremendous. It really is. I see a face over there. I see uh, a fellow over there, and I'm trying to think his name. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I haven't seen him for years. I haven't seen him for years. I'm trying to think of his name. Uh, anyway, um, uh, but uh, just uh, pray for me tonight. This is a really tremendous blessing to me tonight to be here. And I just think um, you got a tremendous pastor. I don't need that, do I? Do I need, um, you got a tremendous pastor. Um, hardest working pastor I've ever known in my life, and um, you get behind him, and you help him, and you support him, and uh, it's it's a blessing. I'll tell you what, I got some good people in my church that uh, I know they truly love me. We're little, we're small. On a on a on a good Sunday, we have twenty five. You know, we the biggest crowd we ever had was uh, Dr. Bobby Robertson come preach at our church, and we was 104. So that was the biggest crowd we've ever had. Now you got to remember, we're 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 way back in the hills, and uh, we didn't have no running water when we went. No no running water in the church. It was it was strictly outhouses. We didn't have no indoor plumbing whatsoever. God, <coughs> excuse me. God has allowed us to have indoor plumbing. We got some padded pews now. And, uh, amen. And, uh, but, um, you know, uh, somebody give us a, a little old, um, uh, mobile home trailer and we put on the back of that and we add it on for our kids and stuff. And, uh, it's just been, it's been a blessing. And God will use anybody. If He can use an old drunk like me, He can use anybody. So here I am and, um, but God has been good to me. I can't complain. I mean, He's blessed me. I, uh, the church is, the church doesn't financially support me. I've been driving a truck, semi truck, for 30 years. 1982 is when I started uh, <laughs> driving, and uh, 30 years I've been driving up and down the road. And uh, you know, um, I just uh, financially, it's God has blessed me in that, and uh, it's just been uh, it's been wonderful. I can't complain about anything. I really can't. I do sometimes, and we all do, don't we? Amen. We do sometimes, but uh, I shouldn't. Anyway, um, just thank you for being here tonight. Anyway, if you got your Bible with you tonight, and I hope you do, turn to Malachi, Malachi chapter one, Malachi chapter one, and uh, Malachi chapter one. Those first eight verses there tonight. I'm going to read and. Uh, I got, uh, well, I tell you what, if you get a chance to go to any of the classes here, preacher was talking about some classes, of course, and, uh, boy, I tell you what, I took some classes here, and, uh, and it was a blessing. It really is. It, it's, it's a tremendous blessing. I got to go, I would go out on, all, all through the week. I would leave, and then I'd be back by Thursday, and they had Thursday night school here, and I got to take some classes here. And I took some college courses through a home study and stuff like that. I never had the opportunity to go actually to a college, but um, if you get a chance to do any of that, it really does help, and it's a, it was a blessing. It really was. So Malachi chapter uh, 1, and let's read the first eight verses here tonight. You read along with me. It says in verse 1, it says, The burden of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. He says in verse 2, and I want you to get this here. Listen to what he says. He says, I have loved you. I have loved you, saith the Lord. Yet you say, Wherein hast thou loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, saith the Lord? Yet I loved Jacob, and I hated Esau. And laid his mountains and his heritage uh, 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 waste for the dragons of the wilderness. Whereas Edom saith, we are impoverished, but we will return and build the desolate places. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, they shall build, but I will throw down. And they shall call them the border of wickedness 
and the people against whom the Lord hath indignation forever. Verse 5 says, In your eyes shall see, and ye shall say, The Lord will be magnified from the border of Israel. And verse 6 says, A son, now listen, a son honoreth his father, and a servant his master. If then I be a father, where is mine honor? And if I be a master, where is my fear? Saith the Lord of hosts unto you, O priests that despise my name, and ye say, Wherein have ye despised thy name? Ye offer polluted bread upon mine altar, and ye say, Wherein have we polluted thee? Wherein have we polluted thee? In that ye say, The table of the Lord is contemptible. In verse 8 says, And if ye offer the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? And if you offer the lame and the sick, and if you offer, offer the lame and the sick, is it not evil? Offer it now unto thine governor, will he be pleased with thee, or accept thy person, saith the Lord of hosts. And let's have a word of prayer. Father, I do thank you, Lord, and I pray, God, tonight, God, that you could use me here. And Lord, I pray if there's one here tonight that's unsaved, Lord, that does not know you, Father, as their master, Lord. Father, I pray tonight they'd get that taken care of before it's too late. And Lord, I ask God that you'd just bless us tonight with the word. And Father, I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Here in these in these in this passage tonight, I just want you to I just want you to notice some things here in this passage tonight. The first thing, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna is in verse two where he says, I have loved you. I have loved you. You know, this is uh, the book of Malachi was a time. There was there after after the prophet the minor prophet Malachi there would be four hundred years of silence that would go by, four hundred years of silence that would go by, and God's trying to speak through His prophet Malachi and He's trying to get some He's trying to get some things across before it's you know it it's it's maybe too late and listen that's the reason God takes men. Preachers and uses them to get the word across to the people. I know this is written to the to the Israelites, to the Jew. It's a time that, but listen, it's also written for us. It's a time that we can use. You know, we can use the word of God in the Old Testament the same as we can the New Testament. And He says, "There, I have loved you." You know, a lot of times people, I can't, I, I just, I get so uh, irritated with people that that all they do is complain about everything, and and and. It it comes down to why me? Why, why, why? Why me? And they're crying and moaning and crying and moaning about this. God says, I have loved you. I have loved you. Listen, you have, there's no excuses whatsoever. God says, I have loved you. And I'll tell you something. You know what? God has, God loves you today. God wants, God wants you to do right. God wants you to be saved. God wants you to do, God, God, He says, I have loved you. What else do you want? What else do you want? I mean, we live in a nation that's full of complainers. We live in a nation that, hey, listen, it's never gonna be good enough for some people. God took me from a, from a city up here where I'd built just a, we had built a brand new home, a beautiful home, and put me down in a holler, down it seemed like I was so far down in there that they had to pipe sunlight, and sometimes I'd question God, and I'd wonder, I'd say, God, why'd you bring me down in these hollers? And I'll tell you something, he says, I have loved you. He said, I have loved you. And I tell you what, we got new homes and new automobiles and we got new this and we got new that and it's still not enough. He says, I have loved you. And we're never satisfied. Well, I tell you what, you know what, we're losing a generation today that that song and they sang that song about just be still. We're losing a generation that knows all about that. We're losing a generation today that they know all about enduring. We're losing a generation that they knew all about how to stand still and wait upon the Lord. And boy, I tell you what, it breaks my heart. <coughs> I got a woman in my church. She, <laughs> the storm, we was without power for seven days here about two weeks ago. 
and the storm, that storm to come through. And uh, Roselle, the old little lady, lives up on the hill there. I tell you what, some of you wouldn't even think about even walking in her house. It looks like it's been put together with crates and pallets and, and you, you name it. And I want to tell you something. That woman is just as proud as at home as a, somebody that lives in a $2 million mansion. And I'll tell you what, she comes to church every Sunday and she sit right there on that front pew one day and give me her testimony about when she was eight years old. She was uh, sitting in that church and preacher Charlie Kyer was preaching and she got saved and he took her down to the creek and baptized her. And she's 90 years old today. She's 90 years old today and she's in, she's actually, we, <laughs> we went up and got her and brought her down there at the house and and she got a little old mud of a dog. I call it a mutt. It ain't nothing but a little old mutt, but it's her dog. And she loves that dog. And she brought that dog down there and she got out of my son's van back there. And when she got out, that little dog jerked the, 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 the rope it was on and, um, and she fell and fractured her hip. 90 years old. <laughs> and, uh, she had to go in and have a hip, a hip replacement. So I'm up there and, and she didn't want to go. She didn't want to go at all. She, you know, let me tell you something. That woman, I asked her, I said, Roselle, who's your doctor? Well, I don't have one, preacher. I said, you don't have a family doctor? No, I don't have one. I said, Roselle, do you take any medicine or anything like that? No, I don't take anything, preacher. She says, I don't take anything. I'm going to tell you something. That's the generation that knows how to stand still and wait upon the Lord. And I'll tell you something. If we could get something from that, want. We got a wantless generation you ever seen in your life. I was a wantless kid you ever seen in my life. My mom, she was here tonight, and uh, she'd tell you that. She'd say, he was the wantless kid I ever seen in my life. When I was a kid growing up, I wanted everything, you know? And, uh, but you know what? Anyway, let me move on. The Lord says, I've loved you. You ain't got no room to complain tonight. We ain't got no room to, we ain't got no room to murmur and complain and fuss and this and that. Oh, this place ain't big enough for me. This place just ain't good enough for me. I preach just not, he just, I, same old thing week after week. Week, he just preaches about this. He preaches the same old thing week after week. Just stand still and stand behind him. Just stay in there with him. Get in there and fight with him. Instead of complaining and murmuring. He says, I've loved you. Listen, in these verses here tonight, I'm going to jump on down there. I don't, know, I don't even know what time it is. Preacher, you, 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 you wave or something at me when I didn't, <laughs> and you let me know when i got to shut up. But um, listen, I want to jump on down there to verse 6 where it says, it says in these verses here, it says, A son honoreth his father. A son honoreth his father. And I know the word of God is talking about, he's talking about the heavenly father. He's talking here about the heavenly father. It says, A son honoreth his father and a servant his master. Listen, what a wonderful word, father. <laughs> Listen, what a wonderful word, Father. And let me tell you something, everyone in here has a Father. Everyone in here has a Father. Listen, I lost my father, earthly father, my daddy, a year ago. <clears throat> it's been tough. But I'll tell you what. Listen, the Bible says, a son honoreth his father. And you know what? I want to bring honor to my father. I want to bring honor to my father. Listen, my dad didn't call me to this pulpit. God did. He didn't call me. God did. And I want to bring honor to him. Listen, this church got behind me and my family. They sent us out. Preacher said, it's time for you to go. 
And you know what? I want to bring honor to my preacher. I want to bring honor to my home church. God said, a son honoreth his father and a servant his master. Listen, a father, you know what a father does? A father loves and provides. He's loved me. He said, I loved you. He's provided. He provided, I'm going to tell you something, when I thought all else has failed, he provided. He provided, I'm going to tell you something, he's provided our food. He's provided everything that we've ever asked him for. Let me tell you something, there was a time in my life where I was down to nothing. I didn't have two nickels to rub together. And I'll tell you something, God has loved me and he's provided for me. And the only one I need to bring honor to tonight is him for what he's done in my life. And you ought to do the same thing to him. You ought to bring honor to God for what he's done for you. Whether I'm going to tell you something, he may be putting you through the trial. He may be putting you through trials, but bring honor to him in whatever you do. A father loves and provides. And I want to tell you something. A father remains faithful when when others desert us. A father remains faithful when others desert us. Let me tell you something. Hey, my daddy was a drunk. He was a drunk. I'm going to tell you something. He never took us to church. He never done. He provided for us though. But I'm going to tell you something. He never got up. He never prayed with me. He never took me to church. He never done any of those things. But I'm going to tell you something. One thing about my father was he, I'm going to tell you something. He hung in there with us and he provided for us seven kids. He raised seven kids on an old truck. And I'm going to tell you I want to bring my daddy honor for that. He may have been a drunk, but I'm going to tell you something. He hung in there. He knew his responsibilities. I want to tell you something about young people. They don't know what the... Let me tell you something about young people. They want to go out and have all their fun, but they don't want to provide. They don't want to live up to what they're supposed to do. It's a fun making them, but I'll tell you something. You don't want to provide for them. When the tough gets tough, you want to bail out. And boy, I tell you what, that happens. That's what we see now, a generation that don't want to provide for the young. And boy, I tell you what, my dad was a drunk, but he hung in there and he provided for us. And I'll tell you something, I'll give him honor for that. Our father remains faithful, provides. I'll tell you, he loves, he provides. And you know something, I'll tell you what, when a father bails out, you know the only ones that suffer are the children. They're the kids. Suffer, boy, I'll tell you what, we live in a world today, and I'll tell you what, parents don't care about one another, and they surely don't care about the kids, do they? Sad. God says here in his word, he says, a son honoreth his father, and a servant his master. A servant, and a, and, and, and a, a servant his master. Let me tell you something, the disciples called him master. The disciples called him master. They said, you know what, master, what will thou, what will we do for thee? What, what is it you need, master? What can we do for thee? What, what is it you need? They called him master. <laughs> you know who my master is tonight? I hope he's yours. Amen. I made him my master when I got saved. When I was 24 years old, I made him my lord and master. Listen. I'm going to tell you something, when you meet the master, (laughs) there's no looking back. Amen, there's no looking back when you have met the master. You know what, I I wonder sometimes about people. I'll tell you what, we preach a lot, we, you know, our churches today sometimes preach this easy believism. They preach a lot of this watered down gospel. They preach a lot of this stuff, just it's a feel good gospel. It's a watered down gospel. Anything that, anything that sounds good to get the people to come in. Hey, I'm gonna tell you something, that's not the gospel that, that I know. I'm gonna tell you something, the gospel that I know is us. you, listen, the gospel that I know is a, a person when you get saved and you make the Lord your master, I'm gonna tell you something, you're gonna surrender everything and anything. You're sold out a hundred percent you're you're his you're his master he's your master excuse me i got that turned around he's your master and boy that's that's hard to swallow sometimes isn't it it's so hard to swallow sometimes when when we want to 
when we think, you know, listen, well, uh, you know, you want to, you want to, you want to call the boss, you know, the boss, the, the, the boss is my, you know, I got this boss, I got this, I got this man, this, this thing that just hangs over my head. Listen, there's no man on earth can and should let me let me let me say it this way we do go to work and we have to listen to people our bosses and stuff like that but who is it that you make the master of your life we 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 think man wow listen when i put my trust and faith in the lord and made him the master of my life man i'll tell you what it's it's a life-changing experience you know, you may be going through the motions tonight. You may be thinking, well, he's my master when I need him to be. He's my master when I need him. He's my master when I need some money. He's my master when I need the bills paid. He's my master when I need healed. He's my master when, I, when, 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 I'm, uh, 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 when I'm trying to get something, when I'm trying to be a new, buy, build a house, buy a car, do this, do that. He's my master in those times. No, he ought to be your master always. Always. <clears throat> Listen, you say, how is God our Father? Well, over there in Acts chapter 17, verse 28, Paul says he's... Listen, he says, for in him we live and move and have our our being as certain also of you, of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. Yeah. <clears throat> But let me tell you something tonight. And I gotta turn over there to this. There's so much there's so much in this. I'm gonna tell you something. If you turn over to the book of John, and here's where some of you're at. Book of John chapter eight. John chapter eight. And that whole chapter there. John chapter eight. John chapter eight, Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees. And boy, I'll tell you what, there's a bunch of Pharisees in our churches today. There's a bunch of Pharisees in our churches today. There's a bunch of self-righteous people in our churches today that think they can get to heaven. They think they can get to heaven on their own. They think just because they think just because they 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 put on the the nice clothes and give the money and do this and do that. Hey, I'm gonna tell you something. There's a bunch of Pharisees in our churches today. A woman told me one time. As a matter of fact, it was my aunt told me one time. She says, preacher. She said she called me. She called me. Um, she called me Stevie. She don't call me preacher. She called me Stevie. Ah, that's all right. She said, ah, I was preaching on, um, preaching the gospel there one day at our church. And she told me, she says, you know, I got a, I got a tag with the name, with our name on the, um, on a plate on the back of that pew. And I looked at her and I said, Aunt Gertie, I said, it ain't going to get you to heaven. Man, I tell you what, you talk about ruffling some feathers. You talk about ruffling some feathers. Well, I tell you what, that's a good way to get them mad at you. I said, that ain't gonna get you to, that ain't gonna get you to heaven, Aunt Gertie. I wanna hear your testimony. I wanna hear when you were saved. And she had a testimony. But I'm gonna tell you something, sometimes people think those things will get them to heaven. They ain't gonna get you to heaven. I want to tell you something. A lot of times people think that their money, their, <laughs> uh, just the things, their works, their good works and all that they do will get them to heaven. That ain't gonna get you to heaven. Listen, in these verses here tonight, just for time's sake, and Jesus is preaching, or he's uh, talking to a bunch of Pharisees here, and if you go up there about verse 39, he says, They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father, and Jesus said unto them, If ye were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man that had told you the truth, which I have, I have heard of God. This did not, this, this did not Abraham. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. My daddy always used to say, the truth hurts. The truth hurts. And it does. It hurts. When people used to tell me, they said, listen, you're living a reckless life. You know, you know what? You're living a life. When I was running the bars and drinking and partying and doing all those stupid, crazy things, they said, listen, you're living a reckless life. And I said, no, I can handle this kind of life. I can do anything I want to do. And it don't work that way. They was telling me the truth. They seen something. They was telling me the truth. And boy, I'll tell you what, the truth hurts, doesn't it? The truth hurts. 
You can't get to heaven by your money. You can't get to heaven by your good works. You can't get to heaven on your good looks. You can't get to heaven by reading this Bible over and over and over and over. The only way you can get to heaven is believe upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And Jesus tells these folks here, he says, you do the deeds of your father. Then said they to him, we be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. Jesus said unto them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I proceed forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. He says, why do you not understand, why do you not understand my speech even because you cannot hear my words? Let me tell you something. Hey, when you get to preaching the gospel and you tell people the truth, I'm going to tell you something, something about their ears. Just go shut. You tell people you can't live that life anymore. You got to be changed, wholly separated. You got to be brought out from amongst them. And I'm going to tell you something. When you start talking that stuff, they'll look at you like, I'm getting in too deep now. I ain't going that route. And he says there, he tells me, he says, why do you, let me, uh, verse 43 again, he says, why do you not understand my speech? Even because you cannot hear my words, ye are of your father the devil. Ye are of the devil. Jesus said to Nicodemus over there, he said, you must be born again. You must be born again. Let me tell you something about this easy, easy believism. It's not working, people. It ain't working. Hey, I tell you what, there's people that are living the life the way they want to live their life, and it ain't working. I'm going to tell you something. When God changed me, He changed me from the inside out. I'm going to tell you something. He changed my heart. He said, ye are of the, He said, ye are of your father the devil and the lust of your father ye will do he was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth <sighs> boy I tell you what you talk about a battle when you want to when I want to say something I bet when preacher called me and he said brother Steve would you come preach I said I'd love to I said if I got to take the week off I'll take the week off and I did and I'll tell you something, all the hounds of hell come out, and then they've been after me ever since. <laughs> the devil sends them all out when you're looking to do something for the Lord. I'll tell you what, when you're looking to go out and knock doors, win souls, when you're looking to show up here on a Saturday morning, all the hounds of hell will come out. I'm going to tell you something, they'll come out and they'll just beat you up. I've seen it before. I want to tell you something. When God takes you and he puts you down in a holler, and I want to tell you something, all the hounds of hell will be after you to quit, to give up, to throw the towel in. He'll tell you that you're no good. He tell you, you listen, you just a, you just an old drunk that's trying to preach the gospel. I said, devil, I know somebody was just an old tent maker. I know somebody that was a fisherman. I know somebody in here that God is calling to preach tonight. Listen, young or old. It doesn't matter. It matters not to God. I'll tell you something. We're living the town closest to us, little Ravenswood there. You go into town. And boy, I'll tell you what, his small town. And boy, I'll tell you what. You see kids walking the streets. Pants hanging down around their knees. I told my son the other day, I said, there was one I seen. He used to go to our church too. He used to go to our church. I just felt like stopping, getting out and say, what's the matter with you, boy? What's the matter with you, boy? His pants was hanging down around his britches, you know. He walking down there, had them headsets on. He bopping up down like that. I just like to get out and tell him, who are you paying honor to? Huh? Boy, I tell you what, that ain't the God that he ain't giving my God no honor by doing all that stuff. Man, I tell you what, it's sad sometimes to look and see around us what's going on. The people that do not give honor to God.
But listen, listen, people, let me tell you something. Not all are God's spiritual children. We've seen that in verse, verse 44 there. He said, you are of your father the devil. But let me tell you something. How you become God's spiritual children by receiving Christ. God said there in John chapter 1 verse 12, he says, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. And I'll tell you something, I like that part right there. I like that part where I'm getting convicted, I'm pulling my britches up. <laughs> I like that part right there, he says, But as many as received him, to them gave he the power. Well, let me tell you something about the power. Hey, when you got the power of God on your life, you're able to do anything. When you got the power of God on your life, hey, you don't care about what people think about what, how you preach the Word of God. You preach the Word of God the way God wants you to preach the Word of God. And God says, lift your voice up. He don't say, well, we're here today to preach the Word of God. He said, shout it out. He said, get it out, because people want to hear. When they put Nehemiah up there on a pulpit, and he looked down, I tell you what, he was doing some preaching. <sighs> the power. Listen, when people get born again, they have the power. They have the power. Our churches used to be on fire because they had the power. Because men and women come to the pulpit, and they really give it all. They surrendered it all. They laid their cigarettes on the pulpit. They laid their alcohol on the pulpit. They cried their tears on the pulpits. They give it all to him. Now, we got some other gospel, some other watered down gospel. Are you washed in the blood? Are you washed in the blood? <laughs> I love that. We sing that probably every other week. <laughs> My piano player, Miss Becky. Listen, in a little church like that, you gotta, you gotta thank God you even have a piano player. And boy, I tell you what, when I say, Becky, let's, let's play, are you washed in the blood? And I say, are you worst in the blood? <laughs> are you worst in the blood? I want to tell you something. I'm so happy I'm washed in the blood. Boy, I'll tell you what. When you're washed in the blood, you have the power. You have the power to move mountains. You have the power. You have the power to do. I'm telling you, you have the power to build. I'm built. I'm talking about you have the power to, to, to that carousel over there is no competition for a church that has the power of God on it. Hey! I want to tell you something. I thought about that, and I thought about that, and I thought about that. A church that will get behind the preacher that has a vision. I want to tell you something. You'll have no problem. And I tell you what, you need to get behind him. You get behind him. No competition. The carousel. None whatsoever. A uh, little story one when we... I was born and raised in Stowe, Ohio, and uh, me and my wife, we uh, moved to Hudson, Ohio, after we lived in Stowe for several years, and God had blessed us with some property in Hudson, Ohio, just a tremendous blessing. We found some property up there. My cousin had built us a home. Um, I'm talking about a nice home. He built, I mean, it was uh, three stories, pretty big, pretty big home, beautiful. And um, one day I come home and I had a for sale sign. <laughs> I had a for sale sign. My wife said, she stuck her head out the garage and she said, what are you doing? Now, now remember, this was after God had called me to preach. And she says, what are you doing? I says, we're selling her, baby. <laughs> I didn't say it that way. I said, we're selling the house. And I run. <laughs> she loved that house. <laughs> she loved that house, yeah. After I put the for sale sign off I, in the front yard, I took off. Now, I'm telling you, I put the for sale sign in the front yard myself. And let me tell you something. All things are possible. And I'll tell you what. 30 days to the day. I'll never forget it. I was in Lousiana. And Becky knows where that's at, Lousiana. <laughs> 
Lousy Ann. I was down in Louisiana. I was down south there and I got a phone call and a man said, I want to buy your house. And I said, I want to sell it. And he's the man that bought my house 30 days to the day. You know what? I told God, I said, God, if you'll sell this house, I'll take the money, profit, and we made some profit. And I said, I'll put a roof on that old church down there. $5,000. It had a slate roof on it. And I found, I had, you know, I'd looked and looked and looked to find somebody to put a roof on that old church down there and never could find nobody. When I sold that house and God had provided the funds to do that, a fellow called me and said, I heard you need a roof put on your church. God opened the doors. And boy, I tell you what, I'm talking about honor here tonight. Listen, I love y'all. I love my preacher. And I want to give him honor. And I want to give God honor tonight. Listen, if we put that in perspective and we, we, we do this thing right, listen, God will open the doors. He'll open the doors. Listen, <clears throat> you know, God says there in John chapter 5, verse 23, that all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son, honoreth not the Father, which he has, which has sent him. You see, that thing, it works. You see what I mean? Honor God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. You got to do that to make this thing work. We got to give honor to who we need to give honor to. Listen, I ain't giving no honor to no politician tonight. I'm not giving honor to our politicians tonight. I don't give honor to my doctor tonight. I give honor to men like my pastor, friends that love the Lord, God, Jesus. Honor is something, it's hard sometimes, but it has to work. It's like one of the spokes in the wheel. Listen, I'm going to move on here. <laughs> you know, there's many ways. I, I started writing, I, I was thinking, you know, how can we honor God, you know? Just be, you know, the one, number one thing to come to mind when, when I'm, I'm thinking, how can we honor God? Be obedient. Obedient. Just be obedient. Somebody told me one time, he's here tonight, <laughs> my, my brother Dave, I don't know if he even remembers this, but I remember one time, he's, he probably does, I was coming to church, 11 o'clock hour, and he said, Brother Steve, you need to come to Sunday school class. And you know what? Something clicked right then and said, you need to honor that. You need to honor that. You need to honor that. And that's the way it works. Listen, we can honor God by be, being obedient, obeying Him. We can honor God through our substance, our things, financially. Preacher wants me to preach the heck out of this, and I know that. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 says, Honor the Lord with thy substance, and with the first fruits of all the increase. My wife got me straightened out on that, and... I was sitting in church one day, and I had the checkbook, and I'm writing the check out, and I'm thinking, man, if I put that, I won't have enough money for my four-wheeler. I won't have enough money for this new fishing pole. Then she snatched that checkbook out of my hand. She said, put her down there. She did. She snatched that old checkbook out of my hand. She wrote the check out. I'm like, huh? She wrote the check out, and I said, Lord. And I tell you what, I ain't never looked back. Because you can't outgive God. I've been trying. I try and I've tried. And you just can't. Some people would probably probably 
laugh at how much. And I'm not bragging on me. I'm just bragging on what God has done with my life. I'm bragging on what God has increased me, how God has done, how God has blessed my life. I'm just, I'm bragging on that. I'm giving honor to God tonight with all my substance. You say, well, I ain't got no money. Listen, you may have a voice that could raise the roof on this place. Listen, you say you ain't got no time. I want to tell you something. Everybody can find some time. You can find some time to knock some doors. You can, you can find something. You can, I'll guarantee the preacher can find something around here for you to do. You probably got some talent that you didn't even know about. Like scrubbing toilets, washing windows. Seriously. That's the truth. I'm just going to tell you the truth, you know. It could be anything with your substance. It's funny, I'll tell you what. In our little church, you know, you think, man, I'll tell you what. It's like, um, you know, you think, wow, it's just a little church. What is there to do? You know what? It seems like there's always something to do. Always something to do. We was Saturday, me and me and my son Stephen, and we had... Uh, uh, we had got a little tent to set up for our homecoming, you know. And, uh, boy, we took that thing up at our church, and we're setting the tent up, and it's hot, you know. It's really hot, and there's not a level place on the grounds of the church. It's like this. Everything's on a hill in West Virginia. You know, you walk like this because you're walking around. You know, one leg's longer than the other, they say. But anyway, you know, and we're setting that thing up, and we're sweating and stuff like that. And I'm thinking, Lord. Give me some help. Give me some help. Well, I'll tell you, if there's, if there's anything that's more discouraging, <clears throat> is not having workers. Not having workers. And you got a church full of workers, man, you can do it. You can build and build and build and build. I say get behind him. Give him honor. Do what he needs. Help him. Substance, I don't care. Listen, whatever you have. You may be holding back. Financially, you may be holding back. Listen, I know you've heard this before. You ain't taking it with you. And I'll tell you what. It's a blessing sometimes. It's a tremendous blessing. Some, it's a tremendous blessing all the time, not sometimes, just to get a little bit of help. Just a little bit of help. He says, if I'm, listen, let's on, back over there in Malachi. I'm going to move on. What, what, where are we at here, preacher? How much time we got? I don't know. <laughs> I just want to finish up. He says, a son honoreth his father and a servant his master. If then I be a, a father, where is mine honor? And if I be a master, where is my fear? Where is my fear? <laughs> if I be, if I am a master, where is my fear? You know what the word master? Dedication. Listen. Are we really dedicated to the Lord? Are you really dedicated? Are you really dedicated to the master? He said, if, if I be a master, where is my fear? I'm going to tell you something, people. He said this, and there was 400 years of silence. Fear, <laughs> respect, reverence, surrender. That's fear. When you, when you have, when, when you see the, the fear of the Lord, you'll have respect, you'll reverence Him, and you're going to surrender to Him. 1999, he put the fear in me. Because when I went to that old-fashioned altar and got down on my knees, I was trembling. And I said, here I am. I surrender my all. If you're not 100% sold out, surrendered fully, you won't have respect for him. You won't have respect for him. Uh-uh. And I see a nation today that has no respect for God. 
They have no respect. I see people that leave the church house. Once they leave the church house, the deal is off. It all ends. The respect is gone. <laughs> they don't reverence him. And you know what? They're not surrendered to him. And when you're not surrendered to him, your life is a mess. It's up and down, up and down, up and down. You know where God wants us at? Up on the mountain. Up on the mountain. You're in, you're out. Ah, oh, preacher, I had this problem. Oh, oh, I'm on fire for the Lord. I'm going soul winning this week. I ain't going. I had a problem this week. He says, where's the fear? Where's the respect? Oh, he just, he just sent his only begotten son to the cross to die for you and me. And you all deserve hell, including me. And there's no respect. We live in a nation where there's no respect. Let me tell you something. My daddy was a drunk. I never lost respect for him. Never lost it. I always had respect for him. Sometimes he'd whoop me, and I found more respect. He made me cry, and I found more respect. Listen, you know, God works the same way. Listen, he wants our respect. He wants you to respect him. And what's happened? <laughs> no honor, no respect. And you know... You know what happens? Right here in this passage tonight, we see where God said, I have loved you. And he goes on down. And he talks about honor. He talks about master. He talks about fear. And then in verse 6, he says, Saith the Lord host, O, o priest that despise my name. Let me tell you something. I see some churches today that <laughs> they despise the name. I'm talking about preachers. I'm talking about laymen. I'm talking about. I'm talking about. I'm talking about churches, good churches at one time. I'm talking about. I'm talking about King James Bible believing, soul winning churches that dis they. He said they despise my name. I'll tell you something, you're in a good church tonight. You're in a real good church tonight. Hey, I want to tell you something, you find a good Bible-believing church that believes in the old King James 1611 Bible, and they got a soul-winning program, they got a bus ministry, and I'll tell you something, they're a building church. I want to tell you something, you're in a good church tonight. And you got a good pastor behind you tonight. You ain't got a, a pastor that's watering down the gospel. He'll get up here and preach the gospel like it's supposed to be preached. Now here we have the, the priests where they were, he says, you, he says there in the Bible, he says that, that despise my name. How's that work? How's that supposed to work? Listen, when you take Jesus out of all this, it's done. When you take the foundation, I tell my people our church was built on stone. The foundation. God is the foundation. Jesus Christ is the foundation. And then the pastor. See, that's how it works. And the priest despise the name above all other names. Jesus, 
the King of King, the Lord of Lords, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I mean, you can go on and on and on and on, and they're taking the name of Jesus out, the one that shed his blood, and don't mention blood because that might offend somebody. There might be somebody offended by taking the blood out of all that. They despise his name. Why do they do that? Because they're of the devil. They're of the devil. He said there in them verses, he said, O priest, despise my name. And you say, wherein have you despised thy name? And you offer polluted bread upon mine altar. And you say, wherein have we uh, polluted thee? In that we say the table of the Lord is contemptible. In verse 8, and he says, if you offer the blind for sacrifices, is it not evil? Listen, I'll tell you what, people have just, well, they give whatever they got left over. Is it not evil? Is it not evil? He says there, listen, he says you offer the blind for sacrifice. Is it not evil? He says if you, if, and if you offer the lame and the sick, is it not evil? We give him what is left over. No honor, no respect, no fear. And guess what happens? He gets the leftovers. He gets what's left. Why is that preacher not surrendered, not sold out? Oh, it's probably somebody maybe said something about you as a Bible thumper. <laughs> said something about you going to church. Why are you going to church? You getting into that? What, what, what's, what's the deal with that? If I would lift it up to my family my father I wouldn't be here tonight if I leave it up to man I wouldn't be here tonight but it's he that called me it's he that called me listen people we need to get back to some old fashioned good old gospel you know what it's that old time religion give me that old time religion give me that old time religion it was good enough for our fathers. It was good enough for our mothers. It's good enough to take me to heaven. I love singing that. Boy, I tell you what, some good old, the good old gospel. Boy, I, I Paul said... And I'll finish. What, what time we got, preacher? I, I'm done. I'm going to finish up here. Paul said in Romans chapter 1, verse 1, said, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. Amen. Now there's a man, mean. <laughs> he used to go around and just beat up on people. And, but he said, a servant of Jesus Christ. A servant. Sold out, that's a servant. Surrendered is all, that's a servant. It's quiet in here tonight, isn't it? (laughs) It's good, though. You know what? Let me tell you something. Honor God with all that you do. Listen. We can't honor God by living in the world. We can't honor God by giving in to the devil. And I know some of you give in to the devil. The devil don't have any part in this. You know how you can truly honor God tonight if you're lost. When my dad was dying, he brought honor to God. When he was dying, he brought some honor to God. He'd ask me, he'd say, will you pray with me? I never dreamed of praying with my earthly father. 
But he was wanting to bring some honor back to God. He was wanting to bring that honor to the Heavenly Father. Listen, if you're here tonight and you're lost, you can bring honor to God by getting saved. I don't care how old you are. Doesn't matter. You're here tonight and you've never been baptized. You can bring honor to God. You're here tonight and you're not fully surrendered. You've been on the fence, kind of like teetering a little bit. You say, I'm going to bring honor to God because I'm going forward and I'm going to surrender my life to Him. God's been, hey, I don't know. Maybe God's been calling you to the mission field. Preacher boy, I don't know. Bring honor to him tonight and get it right. That's all you can do. Let me tell you something. When you do, your life will change. Preacher, I'm done.